the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is ascended from earth to heaven. In the story of the Odyssey, Odysseus is on his way home from the Trojan Wars, and he faces various trials on his way, the one-eyed Cyclops, the Sirens, the Underworld, but his biggest challenge is to overcome the evil men who have taken over his home on his island of Ithaca, and they attempt to marry his wife, the fair Penelope. In the end, he does so. He overcomes them. He wins this battle. But even though this is his biggest triumph, the story isn't quite finished until he has reunited with his wife. So after the battle, the story is finished, but not quite. There's this important reunion. Now, a similar thing happens with the feast that we are commemorating, the Ascension of Christ, where an important reunion uh, takes place. This is a feast that often gets overlooked, placed as it is between Pascha and Pentecost, and it always lands on a Thursday, so it seems to lack the prominence of a Sunday feast. However, this feast is highly uh, significant, and today I'd like to unpack why and take a look at some of the implications for us that Christ ascended. So we go back to the story of creation with Adam and Eve. And according to the Orthodox tradition, we believe that they weren't created already perfected. They weren't created already uniting with God in the fullest way possible. But they were to grow into this union. They were created with potential. And humanity was created to exercise its will to unite with the divine. Adam and Eve were to progress into this union with God and bring all creation with them. However, when humanity fell away from this, this possibility of union with God was broken and sin and death were introduced into the world. When Christ came down to earth, died and rose again, he defeated sin and death. Now, some Christians leave the story there that Christ won this victory, won this great battle, and it was all done with. However, there was one important last step. Like Odysseus against the wicked suitors on his island, it's not the end of the story. An important reunion was needed. Christ, who had taken on our human nature, had to connect it once again with the very Trinity so that we could achieve that for which we were created, union with God. He had to close the loop, as it were. From the Vespers of the Feast, we read this hymn, The Nature of Adam which had descended to the nethermost parts of the earth. You renewed in yourself, O God, and today you took it up above every principality and power. For loving it, so you seated it with yourself, and having compassion on it, you united it with yourself, and united with it, you suffered with it, and you who are passionless have glorified it with yourself. So Christ's action allows human nature to once again gain access to the divinity. Now we see a pattern in the life of Christ that he came down to earth, he went down even lower to Hades, he resurrected, and then he ascended. And we see this pattern of descent and then ascent. Icon carver Jonathan Peugeot in a talk on Dante's Divine Comedy, he discusses how this process is mirrored in Dante's journey from the inferno to paradise and makes clear that this process of descent and ascent is replicated throughout life. In many stories of the ancient world, we have characters who have to descend to an underworld before returning home, like Odysseus. 
This progression is even mirrored in nature where a seed has to fall down into the ground, die before it is reborn. It's mirrored too in the liturgical day. And this is something that we inherited from the Hebrew uh, tradition, which sees the day starting in the evening and then the morning. So we have the descent of the sun first and then its ascent. We descend in sleep, in the darkness of the night, sleep being like a symbolic death. And then we rise each day to the light. Now these are all fractals or types of the greater story, which is the descent of humanity into sin and its rebirth and ascent into the Trinity led by the new Adam, Christ. Our own eventual resurrection, not just to be forgiven of our sins and to have victory over sin and death, but to be united with God, which Christ made possible because he ascended. Now, this is a message of encouragement, first and foremost, because perhaps some of us feel like we are walking through hell itself. We can identify with the psalmist who says, out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. We can be encouraged knowing that he who did not abandon Christ's soul to Hades, nor allowed his Holy One to see corruption, as is mentioned in Psalm 15, but rather lifted him up, has the same in store for us too. Christ is with us even in the bitterest hell. For us to be lifted up from misery, from the struggle, from the bleakness that existence can sometimes seem like, to bring us into a loving union with the Holy Trinity. This is a process that begins now and continues after our life on this earth ends. We can access the divine to make our lives more heavenly while on this earth, interpenetrated with the presence of God. And this is the witness of the saints. It's an encouragement, but it's also a challenge. And the challenge is that there's a question that is placed before us in all that we do, with every person we meet, with every problem that we face. One question, are we going to meet this in an earthly way or are we going to meet this in a heavenly way? Our aim is to divinize our lives, to raise them up above the merely earthly, above the merely mediocre by the grace of God. So in everything, we can have a heavenly versus an earthly mindset. Firstly, in how we engage with God. An earthly mindset sees God as distant, a punisher, uh, the one to be, to be blamed for all the world's problems, someone to be doubted, questioned, someone to be appeased, someone out of touch with reality. Or we can approach God in a heavenly way. And we see that in the way that Christ speaks to his Father in the gospel today. We can also know God as Abba or Daddy, know him intimately because humanity has been brought into the Godhead himself. We can act as children who know they are loved and who obey because they love and trust their parents, believing with childlike faith, believing fully that God understands all our troubles and temptations, all of them, because he too was on this pattern of descent before his ascent. We can also have an earthly or a heavenly mindset in how we engage with ourselves and other people. In an earthly mindset, we are self-contained and we believe that self-fulfillment comes by satisfying our own wishes and desires. It's characterized by pride, competition, me first, I want the biggest one, a lack of forgiveness and things are petty and predictable and we face problems with bitterness and ingratitude. 
a heavenly manner, however, is found in the way that St. Paul speaks to the Ephesians in the epistle uh, today, where he's encouraging them to give of themselves for the weak. He descends to their level to give themselves for the weak and for the helpless. The heavenly way does not exalt itself. It loves humility, forgiveness, taking the blame, facing problems with peace and acceptance that our lives must descend before they can ascend. We can also have an earthly or a heavenly mindset in how we view all creation. In the earthly uh, way, we see all the created order as a means to an ends, empty resources to be exploited. We see the world as hostile or barren, chaotic, sterile, disenchanted, unsacramental, or disposable. In the heavenly way, though, we see the world as filled with the presence of God, needing the warmth of the Holy Spirit in the same way that an egg needs the warmth of a mother bird for it to hatch, in the words of Father Doru Kostaki. Seeing the world as enchanted, as sacramental. A few days ago, it was World Environment Day, and the theme was reimagine, recreate, and restore. And orthodoxy tells us that the world won't be cast off, but it will be recreated, and it will be restored, transfigured, and God requires our participation to love it so that we can raise it up into the fullness that God first intended. So let's ask ourselves, my brothers and sisters, what progress are we making in how we relate to God, how we relate to ourselves and other people, how we relate to the world? Are we progressing more towards a heavenly or regressing to an earthly mindset? What trajectory are we on? Even though he had already defeated sin and death, the main battle, as it were, Christ completed the last step of our redemption, uniting the human with the divine so that we could be divinized, made godlike. And it was an important reunion at the end that makes all the difference. The one thing lacking for us is to be strengthened and equipped with the grace to walk this same path. We need a divine spirit to help us and make Christ present with us who told us he'd always be with us. And so we look forward to the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And we see that Pentecost flows naturally from the ascension. We can understand Christ's words in John 16, 7. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But he will come to us. The heavenly king, he's the comforter and spirit of truth. He's present everywhere. He fills all things. He's a treasury of blessings and the giver of life who will abide in us cleanse us from every stain, and save our souls on our journey from descent to ascent, helping us to live heavenly lives while still on this earth. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is ascended from earth to heaven.
Thank you.